What's up, guys? Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays, join the Discord by clicking the link below. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the 1% Club podcast. We're going to do a quick little rundown of UFC 275, Prohoshka versus Teixeira uh, in Singapore. Pretty interesting card. For me, from a betting standpoint, you know, we always talk about the betting side of things. So uh, for me, this is a pretty dangerous card, right? There's a lot of uh, a lot of different ways. Uh, and whenever I say dangerous, I feel like from a betting perspective, I've said this in the past, path to victory is the, the number one thing that I look at. My mentor in the in the uh, MMA gambling space, Shay, he's uh, talked about that's the number one thing, path to victory, right? And when you look at these matchups, you see a lot of different paths to victory for each for each person, and that makes it a little bit more difficult uh, to play on. So um, we'll start with uh, Jack uh, Jack Della Maddalena versus Ramazan Amiv. Um, this is a, a typical UFC business move. And they're doing a, a pretty good job of this, right? I mean, they're they're matching up somebody off Contender Series that has a lot of hype behind him, uh, another Aussie, you know, and they're and they're trying to build these these countries and these regions, right? I mean, like they're building that that Aussie that Aussie brand. They're really big into Asia right now, Mexico, uh, and that's just, I mean, it's it's a smart business move on the UFC season, right? So, um, and they're putting him against uh, a veteran, Ramzan Amiv, who I. I think is is pretty good. the The issue with this is I'm not sure how skilled he is, right? Like, he's he's good. He's durable. He's 20 and five. Uh, he's fought a lot of really good guys. I think this fight, from a business standpoint, is you know I think the UFC. I don't. They don't need Jack to win, but if Jack wins, they've set themselves up to have another star out of Australia uh, to essentially somebody else that they can pump, they can promote, right? So I feel like this is a good matchup for for Jack Della. I'm really high on this kid. I really enjoy watching this guy fight. Good body puncher, uh, great boxer, and he's he's a fighter's fighter. He's a fan's fighter. You know, he's 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 fun to watch. This is a this is a match that they want this contender series guy to win, right? This is this is what they're trying to do. So, uh, and it's pretty apparent they're doing this across the board. They're trying to build the young talent, and dude, we're kind of seeing a. Uh, we're kind of seeing a crossroads, right? Where the UFC is starting to push out these big, like six figure payday guys. And they're replacing them with these contender series guys that are getting paid 10, 10, 12, 12, but they're way more, some of them are way more exciting. You know what I mean? Like Jack Della, you're not going to get much more of an exciting guy. So they're going to pump this guy with Ramazan Amiv, who stylistically Jack matches up really well with. Right. And, uh, it's a fight where he can kind of showcase his skills. And ideally, they have a kid that 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 goes out, showcases the skill. He just fought a was it like Pete Rodriguez? Is that who Jack fought last? Uh, Rodriguez is his last name. I'm pretty sure. And then he beat Ange Elusa on Contender Series. And if you haven't watched that fight, that was a banger, man. And Elusa is in the UFC now, so Jack is no slouch. He's he's fun to watch. And uh, but watch his fight with Rodriguez, first round knockout. But he's a big puncher, man. So. Uh, I'm really excited for this fight, but it's it's pretty apparent what the UFC is trying to do here, and not just not just in this matchup, but as a whole, they're pushing out a lot of the older talent, getting paid big big paydays, and they're bringing them in and replacing them with contender series guys that are more exciting, you know. And you know, the UFC has the the media train behind them; they can make whoever they want popular. So I think that's what they're trying to do with Jack here, and rightfully so. He's super fun to watch. Next fight: uh, Manel Cop versus Rodrigo Bontering. This is kind of an interesting matchup because uh, I've been really big on Cop. I think he's I think he's super talented, uh, very athletic, uh, big puncher as well. But when we talked about the the start of the show, the the past the victory, 
Bonterine is no joke, man. He's super slick on the ground. And and if there was a way that if there was a area that that cop has shown weakness in, it would be in the grappling department. So I'm just not sure that Bonterine is going to have the wrestling to get cop down. He's cop is extremely athletic. He's got fast feet uh, and he's hard to take down. So I just don't know if Bonterine has the takedown defense to uh, to get this fight where it needs to be. But this is one of those ones where I look at path to victory and he's no slouch uh, standing either. He's good too, uh, on the, on the feet, but, uh, I really like Manel here. I, I think that this, this dude is a tough guy in the division. It takes a certain stylistic matchup to beat him. I'm just not sure Bontarine's got it, but if this fight does hit the ground and Bontarine's on top, that could be problems for, for cop, you know? And, uh, I think this is another business move on the UFC. I think they're trying to pump cop. You know, I think they, they want him to t uh, challenge for the title. They're running out of title challengers. I mean, look, we've ran Marino and uh, and Figgy four times in a row, you know. And now, obviously, Marino's fighting Kai, which we we know, and and um, he's fighting he's fighting Kai. The winner of that, well, I'm sure, will fight Figgy. But after that, they need to they need to set the uh, the pecking order of who's next. You know, I got to assume Pantoja's going to come back soon, right? Uh, he, I, my guess is he would be up there, right? Like he's got to be he's got to be up there. Um, uh, there's always Brandon Royval who's steady knocking on the door constantly. He, and he, and he's a guy that is so fucking fun to watch fight. He, he's never in a boring fight ever. Uh, and he's fought a, he's fought the who's who of that division too. He's already beat Kai. He's fought Marino. He's fought, uh, uh, he's beaten Bontarine in a very close fight, beat, uh, Tim Elliott. Um, he's, he's fought some, he's fought some, some really tough guys. So, uh, I think this is a I think this is a, a a good fight, and I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to put Manel in that in that pecking order to challenge uh, for the title. From a betting standpoint, you know, is Manuel? Do we like him at the line that he's at right now? Or I think he was sitting at like two thirty, two thirty five, or maybe is it higher now? Or is it about? I think I think the last time I checked, it was sitting at two thirty. Yeah. Um, we're getting to the point of where the line's about shot, but I do think there's a little bit of value there. I played him at I played him at two thirty. I played him at 230. Uh, I do think there's some value there, but we're getting to the point where the the value is about is about gone. So I do think that I do think in the next few days that line will start to will start to climb a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do think that. And then like obviously the the last three like they're heavy hitters, all all three of them. Wei Li and Yoana. I was front row for their first fight, and the sounds these women were hitting each other with like. It was just, honestly, it was incredible. It sounded like shotguns going off. These girls, their ability to, to hit with power and take those punches are, is pretty incredible. I was, like I said, I was, I was 10 feet from these girls when they were swinging, and, man, both of them are incredible athletes. From where I saw, um, you know, we saw Joanna almost kind of, she almost, she was never hit, and then Rose kind of hit her, and then, you know, she kind of fell apart. In, in, in that fight so when I thought she fought Wei Li I was thinking there's no way it's ever going to pan out like this and then when I saw them go and crack together crazy they were cracking each other hard I mean it wasn't 100% and, and I will say this stylistically uh, stylistically Joanna matches up better with Wei Li than Rose does because Rose has one thing that a lot of those girls in that top division don't have and that's good feet she's got good footwork so I think I think Rose and Yuana both are better with people that are like right in front of you. And those two girls will be right in front of you. They're, they come from like that traditional kickboxing background where it's kind of like I stand right in front of you. They, I'm not saying they don't have footwork. It's not what I'm getting. But Rose is like, I'm, you're going to have to find me. I'm going to move around. 
Like I'm going to be in and out, shuffling left to right, southpaw every once in a while, orthodox every once in a while. So it's it's you're going to have to find Rose. Like you're going to have to actively pursue Rose to find her. And and for those for Wei Li and Yoan, I think that's a little difficult. And that's why I think that's why both of them match up a little difficult with 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 them. But I would I would think, and this is this is where we go into the the dangerous part of what I'm talking about. There's two sides of this coin, right? Like I feel like there's some recent like uh, emotional bias towards Joanna. And, and I feel like the public has gotten the sense that she hasn't been as serious, right? Like, like, uh, she seems to be like on vacation a little bit more. And I don't know. That's just like, that's just what I'm hearing throughout the industry, right? Like, and then we see Wei Li, who's been a little bit more active. She looked, you could argue she beat Rose. She didn't, but very close competitive fight. Could have went either way. And we just get the sense that she's very dialed in, right? But what people forget is that second fight was really close between them, right? It was extremely close. So if we're talking about a value play, if I can get a, a, a coin flip fight, like, cause this is just, this is just emotional bias, right? Like we don't know, we don't know what Yohan has been doing. Maybe she, maybe she's posting vacation pictures from six months. I don't know. You know what I mean? So we're, she lives in Florida. And she lives in Florida, right? But like she, I think, I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. She's posting pictures like elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, and I think she's, I think she's trying to kind of change her image to being more of a uh, influencer, I guess is the word, right? I, I think she's changed her image to be more of an influencer rather, rather than a fighter. And I think because of that, we've got this public bias. It kind of jades our opinion of her. And of course, Whaley is, She's a science experiment. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, but if I can get, if I, like, if you ask me, James, gun to your head, you have one second to answer. Who do you think is going to win this fight? Whaley is the first answer that comes in my head. However, if I sift through all the BS and I unemotionally think about this, if I can get a pick em fight at a two to one dog, it's really hard to, to turn that down. Right. And there's a lot of value. I, I don't see, like, okay, let me ask you this. And there is a right or wrong answer here. If there's a finish in this fight, what side is going to come on? Really? Correct. So then you start to look at value. How do you get more plus money out of that? So not only do we think Joanna could potentially win, right? It's very possible that Joanna wins, right? But if she does win, it's probably going to be by decision unless there's a fluke, right? So we're saying there's a possibility we have a coin flip fight that Joanna is going to win. But we're saying the only way she does win is by decision. What? Tell me, tell me the Joanna by decision prop. I bet that's three hundred. One eighty-five. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I I think I and even there's still more value there, right? There's more value, but like I mean, her money line is one forty-eight. She's plus. Yeah, you're gonna get 50, 50 extra forty. Was it? Yeah, thirty extra points off of it. But I don't see her. I don't see her finishing Whaley. I don't. She's they, they, both of them have already shown that it's going to be pretty difficult for for one to knock out the other. But if it's going to happen, it's going to come on the Whaley side. So I'll take the thirty extra points for for Joanna, uh by decision. And and I, I would be interested to see what the fight goes the distance prop is as well. I don't know if you have that in front of you. Goes the distance is minus two forty. That's still too juicy for me. It's fifty points off, but it's still too juicy for me. You know, if you parlay, if you were able to do like correlated props where you could, you could parlay 
Joanna and the over or Joanna and fight goes the distance, there's some value there as well. But for me, I'm not, you know, when we're talking about a betting perspective, it's not always who you think is going to win. And it's like, if you like, it's, it's, it's about value. And for me, the value is on Joanna by decision. Next fight. Interesting one. Uh, the, the female goat, in my opinion, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, I feel like somebody asked me this question the other day. It was a great question. Uh, and Glorisenko asked me this. She said, if Shevchenko and Amanda Nunes were the same size, who would you think would win? And I said, Shevchenko all day. I don't think that's even a close fight. And uh, I think I think Shevchenko is the female female go. I would put her in that regard. I will say this though, when I look across at Shevchenko and I see Talia Santos, Santos brings a real skill set to the table that Valentina hasn't seen in a minute, right? Like we talk about Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy is great. I think she's good. She's skilled. She's but she's known to like outlast people and kind of just tough her way through fights. And uh, she's good. She, she's really good. Uh, but like, I, I wouldn't classify her as like a strong athlete. You know what I mean? Like she, she's a grinder. She's a fighter rather than she's a, a fighter, right? And uh, who, who's who was the previous one before that? It's Lauren Murphy, then Jessica Andrade. Andrade, Andrade is a bit of an athlete, but she's uh, she's very undersized in that division, in my opinion. Very undersized in that, and she just and it showed in the fight. Shevchenko just got a hold of her and ragdolled her. Who was before that? Jennifer Maya. Maya, another. Not overly athletic, uh, you know, fighter. She's good. She's very skilled on the ground. Dangerous. She showed that in round one. Took took Shevchenko down. One round one. Santos has got a real skill set too. She's she's good. She's she is solid. So like, let's not. She's a she's a a, a good wrestler. Uh, and if there's listen, if we're if we're nitpicking here to to try to find holes in the armor here, chinks in the armor here. With Shevchenko, Maya took her down in round one and beat her. And I, I can't think of somebody else that's won a round against Shevchenko not named Amanda Nunes. I, I mean, maybe or, or at least in a long time. At least in a long time that I can remember. So, man, if we're if we're if we're scratching for pennies here, that's not a bad penny to pick up off the ground, you know. And Santos has that ability to do that, and she's a real athlete. All that being said, I don't think it's going to be enough, but there is a big question mark here. And uh, it's like, you know, I think it's just so hard to bet against Shevchenko. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I don't see somebody having the overall skill set to be able to do what it takes to beat this woman for 25 minutes. It's just really tough. So with this one, we're going to look for value elsewhere. So we're not going to be playing pretty much anything on the money line. I like the over. I like the over here, over three and a half. Um, if you guys, if you guys are following me on TikTok, you'll see that uh, that's just part of a parlay that I have for my pick of the week. So um, I like the over three and a half rounds here. It's I think it's minus one seventy or something. Yeah, and, and uh, Shevchenko takes her time to break people down. You know, I, I do think that Santos is going to try to initiate the grappling early. You know, bank bank rounds. Even if she doesn't win, I think she's going to to stop the the power the explosiveness right and uh, early on at least uh that's how i foresee this going santos trying to clinch up and and even if she doesn't shevchenko is going to do what shevchenko does keep the distance pick you apart take her time she's never in a rush she doesn't make a lot of mistakes this is what she does she just picks people apart she's fantastic at it probably one of the best in the world at that like she i i said this the other day on laura's podcast i said valentina shevchenko may be the closest thing to a perfect fighter in all of MMA. Like she just doesn't make mistakes. You know, 
She just really doesn't. And her fight IQ is extremely high. Uh, she's durable, fast, athletic, good grappler, good wrestler, good jujitsu, great striker. I mean, she's just, she has it all. She has she's it all. the boogie woman. The boogie woman. I like that. I've never heard that. That's nice. I like that. Uh, main event, uh, Tashera versus Yuri Prohashka. Uh, this is kind of a, this is kind of an intriguing fight from, from a business perspective. In my opinion, uh, I mean, the UFC can go two ways with this, but I, I, I recently saw an interview where Glover said that if he beat Yuri, he wanted to fight one more time in Boston and then be done. And I thought that was interesting because that's not a good look for the UFC to have someone just vacate the title, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a prestigious title, and I, I just don't think it's a good look to I just don't think it's a good look to have somebody uh say, hey, this is when I'm gonna be done. You know what I mean? So and of course, if that's what happens, that's what happens. But I, I think from a business perspective, they they don't need Yuri to win. But I think it it kind of like it puts the division on notice to where there's a lot of question marks because right now there's a ton of implication on that division. Rakic was big in that division before, but obviously he's out for probably a year now. So you have Jan back in the picture. We have Anthony Smith versus Magomed Ankalaev, which is another uh, big one. Tiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. If, if Santos wins, I don't think it's quite the push, but if Jamal Hill wins, he's knocking right on the door. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of title implication on, on all those matchups and like the, the pecking order is set, man. There's there, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody, right? So, uh, I think that, uh, I think, I think that that Yuri winning could really mix that whole pecking order up. And, and, uh, I, I do think, if Ankalaev wins, I gotta, I gotta think it would be between him and Blahovich. That would be next in line, right? But it's it's so hard to tell. But if Yuri wins, man, it kind of mixes everything up. There's a lot of fights that you can make and make exciting. Like, I mean, let's think, let's talk about uh, uh, Yuri versus Jamal Hill. That's a banger. Yuri versus Thiago Santos. That's a banger, right? Like, uh, but I don't, I, I just don't know. I don't know if. Glover's going to sell the tickets that they want. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he's going to get the job done. I just don't, I don't see him selling quite I like. I think I've seen so much love for Glover because he won the title at 42. And Yeah, but that's you know, the. I, I think, you know, potentially, now you can tell me if I'm wrong here. It's like, you know, if he rode off into the sunset with the belt, he'd be straight into the Hall of Fame. I mean, you have to paint a narrative. If you're the UFC, you have to, you have to paint a narrative. And that's the best narrative to paint for, for Glover, right? I don't think it's the best one for them to paint total. Right. And I, I don't and I'm not saying the UFC is like, you know, I don't think they're like I'm just saying from a business perspective what they feel like would be best. Right. So if 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 Glover does beat him, he fights one more time in Boston and, and wins, then you have to figure out who like the timing of all of it kind of gets messed up because then you got to figure out, OK, maybe Ankalaev is going to fight winner of Hill Santos. And, but but Santos already lost to Rakic, who now Rakic is out. It kind of just mixes everything up, you know, but it's kind of I think it's clear cut. If you were to get uh, Yuri to win, and I could be way off here. I could be way off here. But I just think there's more exciting matchups for Yuri than there are for Glover. All that being said, I think Glover's going to win. I think he's going to find a way to win. It's a very intriguing matchup to me. And I guess to dive into the fight, I feel like we said this, we're talking to Jimmy the other day. I feel like he's got about seven and a half minutes to get Glover out of there. And if he doesn't get him out of there, I feel like Glover's going to find a way to win. And uh, 
the the big question mark here is is Prohasha's grappling, right? Like that's the biggest thing that we're gonna that we're kind of talking about. And the fact that we don't know kind of tells me that it's probably not on the level of Glover's, because I think we would know if it was. You know, he's done a good job stopping takedown so far, and uh, but I mean he's two fights into the UFC. Yeah, this will be his third fight in the UFC. He's got a win over Dominic Reyes, who hasn't you know looked great lately. I mean, he's, I think he's fantastic, but he hasn't looked great lately. Uh, and then uh, Volkan Uzumir, you know, and and Volkan is fantastic as well, but he hasn't seemed to 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 since that run to the title. You probably haven't seen the best of him. Right, right. And I think both those guys are incredible. But also from a stylistic standpoint, I think both those guys are really good matchups for Yuri as well. This will be the first grappler I think Yuri's fought in a long time. But a lot of people don't know this. Yuri holds wins over Nimkov. He holds wins over, uh, who else am I missing? Like, even before the UFC. Oh, obviously, Vulcan, Dom Reyes, King Mo. Good wrestlers, you know, but that, but Glover's a guy that finds ways to win. So that's the big question mark for me, you know. And uh, the the title implications in that division are, are very big. There's a lot of important matchups. Uh, like I said, Smith and Kalayev, Hill, Santos. Uh, and then what do you do with Jan Blachowicz? There's There's a lot. There's a lot of, uh, there's five people right there, so. Yuri's never seen round four. Yeah, I think he's got seven and a half minutes to win this fight. I really do. I really do. So if we see it go beyond. I mean, we're going to, I tell you right now, I think, I think the first time Glover shoots, we're going to be able to tell how this fight's going to take place. You know, like you could play Yuri by knockout. I don't know what that is. If you play Yuri by knockout, because I don't see Yuri winning any other way. I don't see him winning any other way other than by knockout. So if you can get Yuri by knockout at plus money, it's actually minus money. It's, it's, it's minus mi money. minus one sixty. Oof. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's just that's tough, you know. It really is. So uh, if you can get Glover by stoppage, I don't see this fight going the distance. What's the line for it not to go the distance? Minus seven hundred. Seven hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't see this fight going the distance. The over. The over under is set at one and a half, and uh, I would be. I. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it ended before that. So it's, it's one of those dangerous fights, you know, because the path to victory is Yuri by knockout inside of two rounds or, you know, the second round is kind of a wishy-washy to me. Like that could go either way. Uh, but I think Glover's going to catch a late sub if, if it goes past that seven and a half minute mark or, you know, a ground pound TKO, something like that, you know? So, uh, it's a very intriguing matchup, interesting matchup. And uh, there's a lot of title implications on the other matchups in that division. That division is going to be interesting to see unfold in the next uh, six months. So um, UFC 275, Singapore. I don't know what the time is. I'm sure that's a weird time. Make sure you guys check that out before. It's PPV for us, so it's normal time. It's normal. They're doing the normal time, which has got to be terrible for them because they're like 13 hours difference for us. I've done that in Abu Dhabi. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. It's awful. For sure, before we end here, be sure – you're going to see some of your favorite fighters look like shit this weekend because they're under recovered. It's, it's awful when they do that. It really is. So, um, it's just tough 13 hour time change. The guys have traveled, uh, all across the world and they're still, it's just, they're, they're not recovered. It's impossible. So, uh, make sure you guys like subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. If you like it, you love it. Uh, make sure you join us for the next one. We got, uh, Brandon out. We got Tim out. We got uh, two episodes so far. Enjoy the breakdowns. See you guys in the next video.